I want you to feel the energy because money is energy. If you can feel the love from your clients because they chose you out of all the coaches, they chose you out of all the counselors, they trusted you, they trusted you with their precious money. How cool is that? Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hey, listeners of the podcast, we've put together an exciting community where you can dive deeper into the content of every single episode. And for those of you who join this community from the podcast, we'll give you an access to a course we've just put together worth $500, all yours for free, while we're sending this out to our listeners of the podcast. Simply go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash podcast to be eligible to get this course for free. And we look forward to seeing you in the community. Thanks again for listening. And now, Enjoy the episode. Welcome everybody to the Selling With Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. So excited to have an international best-selling author coming to join us today on the show. Money and happiness expert Ken Honda is with us today, has sold over 8 million copies since 2001 as a selling author. And the latest book he's released, Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money, has released just a couple of years ago, has been made available in the English market as well, and has been a bestseller itself. I've had a chance to see some of Ken's work that he's done when I was back at Mind Valley. He's done a quest there that was called Money EQ and essentially has been really helping people heal their relationship with money. If we think about sales and selling with love, money is at the core of majority of the transactions we do in sales in the professional world. And everything is fine, everything is great until you get to a point where you ask for money. What's going on there? We're gonna investigate some of our money beliefs, why they might be some of the reasons that we hold back in sales, and how we can find freedom, happiness, and joy in the process of building a business, making an impact, knowing that money will flow in the process. Ken, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Jason. I'm so happy to be on your show. I knew you were going to do start your own thing back when you interviewed me at Mind Valley. So I'm so happy to see you shine even more. Uh, well, thank you for the kind words. And yeah, so I've been on my own journey, you know, and it's a beautiful thing to build a business. There's mm -hmm. different things that come around. And I have to admit, being an entrepreneur, you start having a different relationship with money. You yes, know, being definitely. an employee. The relationship is, oh, at the end of the month, I get a paycheck. Now is I sit with my bookkeeper, I look at my financial statements, and I see sometimes, oh, things are good, sometimes things are bad. I wanted to kick it off with just understanding the basic understanding of you, what you have of money, and how is it different than the majority of people? For many people, money is an object that you are afraid of, or you feel fear, or at least you worry about. Money is just a neutral energy. So you project what you have toward money. For uh, wealthy and happy people, money is just an angel. It does gives you everything you need. If you want to go travel, money will just bring you the air airplanes and the hotels along with your passport. And the angel is flying over here and like, hi, Jason, you know, we got everything for you. Just hop on the plane, have fun. And very kind and generous and fun. But for a lot of people, money is something that you're afraid of. So my favorite question to you 
is if money was a person, who would it be? Hmm. It's very interesting because for some of us, if we are looking at money, it's almost like there's never enough of it. Like even in the example of this flight, it's like, oh yeah, I could do that with my current level of money, but yeah, I'm not flying business class. And still every time I have to spend for that flight, it hurts and there's this anxiety. So I don't go for what I want because this money, if it leaves me, maybe I'll never see it again. And that doesn't seem like the healthiest of relationships. If it was a friend, oh my God, you would be so overly attached. Yes, yes, we are. And I've been there, so I understand exactly what you're going through. You know, I started my business in my early 20s, so my memory is a little bit foggy because it's like 30 years ago, but still I can remember the sleepless nights and the attachment. It's almost like you have the same attachment to your girlfriend and boyfriend, you know, don't leave me, you know. And also, even though he or she leaves for even three hours, you feel like, oh, don't leave me, you know, for three hours. I'm going to die <laughs> if you just go out for a grocery or something, you know. So I know the feeling. And so the healthier relationship would be, you think of money, really, you know, money becomes air to you. For a lot of people, money is ice, pointy, and gives you frozen bite when you hold on to it. And when you are living in a warmer environment, money melts and becomes water. So, but if it's too much, it becomes flood. If it's too little, it becomes drought. So you need management. So ideal situation is money becomes air. So you, you know you're breathing, but you don't notice it every day because you're focusing on what's most important in front of your eyes. To be in a situation, you have to be generous enough to share what you have and give whatever you have to the society and receive money as a result. And unfortunately, the bad news is it involves selling in some ways. You have to sell yourself, sell your services. I'd rather use the word share instead of sell because it sounds, sounds like pushing, you know, is involved or like pulling involved. It's all like a manipulation involved. I think dishonest sales involve those, but if it's true, sincere selling, I think sharing is a better word. And I think, Jason, you know, sell with love is exactly the concept I have. And if you are very happy to share or sell with integrity, a certain number of people will respond. So instead of pushing, pulling, manipulating, you just tell yourself, tell about your services and then let them decide. That is, I think it's a sincere selling and also sincere sharing. And by sharing, with so many people, you get financial abundance too. Yeah, I love that. And it's so interesting because selling comes with such baggage, similar to money, right? Like there are two words that are, you know, brother and sister in the world of like, oh, we don't want to talk too much about that. Yeah, but you need that so much in entrepreneurship. Yeah, entrepreneurship is a nice word. Like everyone understands entrepreneurship is nice, but it's like, oh, did you know that as part of being an entrepreneur, you'll need to make sales? Or when you're going to be an entrepreneur, there'll be a larger flow of money as well. And then when these realities come in, it hits you differently. There's a part of my book. I find that's very interesting because we had just done an event and this was back in my journey at Mind Valley. And at the end of the event, we're looking at how much money we collected at the end of the event. And we're looking at everyone else that we could reach out to to see if they would like to purchase the next event and make our, you know, 
post-event sales and I'm talking with my salesperson. We're like, oh my God, we made 300,000. This is amazing. We're excited. We might be able to get an extra 200,000. And as we're having this discussion, I'm asking people that are listening in, like, what's the feeling that comes in when you hear us talking so joyfully about money? Because if I talk about a designer saying like, oh, we've just adjusted the logo and we made it look pretty, people are like, oh, that's cool. But you hear two people talking about money. It's like, is there some shady thing happening here? But <laughs> I love how you said, because we're out there and we're trying to share, right? And which brings me to one point I wanted to ask you is that, you know, in the process of money and being an entrepreneur, being in sales, it seems like there's a big process of taking money. And for sometimes you feel like, like, especially in our North American culture, it's like we need to accumulate as much as possible and then we'll feel safe or only then that it'll become angels. After I hit X amount, then I'll have a happy relationship with money. But before that, it's not going to be that way. I feel like you change this around and it's a powerful way to look at it differently. You know, money is like food. If you take too much and you just imagine you eat, 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 and then you're so full, but you resist to go to the bathroom for the next three days. <laughs> What's going to happen? You know, no, I'm not going to, you know, number one or number two, you know, <laughs> I'm holding on to the food I ate. <laughs> it's not healthy and it's not fun. You know, just a lot of people just taught me like, you know, holding on to food for three days is no fun because it, it gives you a lot of stuff. So when you think of health, eating well, releasing well, is the basic, you know, is the basic stuff of being healthy. Money is the same thing. If you just receive money enough and then um, let it go enough, you're a channel. You receive money and you let it go. By letting go of your money, you're blessing somebody because just uh, imagine a situation you're paying at the restaurant. The server and the cashier and all the people in the restaurant, their kids are going to be fed by the money you're giving. And then the money that they're giving become lunch money for somebody else. So by you circulating the money, by you letting go of the money with love, you can touch so many people. So my mantra, whenever I spend my money is like, thank you so much for being with me. Just go bless the world and come back with your friends. <laughs> and so, you know, I don't know, maybe next week or next month or next year, my money is blessing everybody on the planet. And then it will come back with so many friends. That's how I feel. So I'm blessed with money all my life since I just take this mantra and also this mentality. And the flow is everything. It's not the stock. Because when you hoard the money, it's like water. It gets bad if it's a swamp. So just check if your money is not swampy or not. I don't even know that that is a word in English. I like it as a word and definitely is a word in English. Being swampy money is probably not flowing too well. And again, like I love how you bring such a kind of a beautiful philosophy around money, needing it to flow. And I wanted to add this two cents. I don't know if you agree with this example, but for anybody who's listening to this being much more like, say, left brain, and you're like, yeah, but how does this make sense? And all I keep thinking about when I hear of you saying money needs to flow, it needs to circulate, is I'm thinking of how GDP, like a country's domestic product, how we measure the health of the economy, involves the velocity of money which is essentially the flow of money. And the more that it flows, the more there's richness and abundance within the country. And so as a nation, 
flow is one of the key components to measure wealth. And what we're saying here, and from how I understand what you're saying, because I like to be very left brain on it, is like, oh my God, we need to look at ourselves as our own sovereign nation and understand that flow is a key component of wealth. And so with, when I take what you share with a philosophy that sounds so good, I can even rationalize it in a powerful way. Would that be an accurate thing to have as a mental kind of a model to justify how I need to make more flow happen? You don't have to think that way, but enjoy the flow because some people try to reason everything. I want you to feel the energy because money is energy. If you can feel the love from your clients because they chose you out of all the coaches, they chose you out of all the counselors, they trusted you. They trusted you with their precious money. How cool is that? If you can feel the love and friendship and uh, trust in you, you feel so blessed. You're starting out only for a few months and then they trusted you because you're a friend or maybe they're a total stranger, but still they trusted the intuition. You know, they could have chosen a coach who's been doing business for 30 years, but they chose you. So there's something about you that you don't even know that they see in you. So when you see the blessing that they have for you, you feel so happy. And that's the energy flow I'm talking about. Globally, I think, Jason, what you're saying is so right. And at the individual level, please focus on the energy. But I absolutely love what you're saying there because there's such a beauty in the flow that is necessary for people when they're getting started out to realize that you can have so much joy, so much excitement when someone says yes to you, as opposed to feel the anxiety that, oh my God, they chose me. So now I'm so afraid to disappoint the client because I don't have this 30 year experience like another person that could be in the industry. And I think what you said is so powerful to reframe what it's like to be a beginner and the honor that you have and the joy you should have that someone has chosen you. You've been doing good and whatever it is that you show up as, you show up as your best. And again, money doesn't need to create this awkward relationship or this anxiety in the process. I absolutely love this. And this is powerful for anybody who's just starting out. Now, I wanted to kind of take a step back and think about a lot of the noise we're hearing around money, inflation, interest rate, all of these global events that are happening, I feel has kicked up the anxiety levels that most of us feel around money. And I wanted to get your perspective on what's happening in the world and how should it be affecting our own relationship with money and should we be changing our behavior based on these changes? You know, what I'm grateful of what's happening is that the whole situation takes us back to where we're supposed to be. Before, like two years ago or before COVID, people didn't listen to me that you need to go inward to feel what's inside. But now people are looking at who they are and looking at the priorities of the list that they're spending their money on. By doing that, they prioritize what's the most important, like top five items that they must spend. In the process, you have a choice. You could fight with your family members. You could fight with your wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, and fight with your kids, especially like, you know, labor union, you know. I want a raise for my allowance. No, 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 you can't, you know. Or you guys can talk about it as if you're on the same boat, you know, rolling through this hard weather. And so this can strengthen your relationship or this can take apart your relationship. 
it's your choice. So we have to be so careful about what's going on inside because money pulls out the best and the worst of you. So you're going to experience definitely the best experience and the worst experience around money because people do weird things around money. You may feel betrayed by your friends and clients, and also you feel like your life is saved by your clients and your friends. So you're going to experience top and the bottom in the next few years, just praying that you enjoy the ride instead of being scared the whole time. So whoever is in a roller coaster, they do it on their own. Just imagine a roller coaster going up and up and up and up, and then they don't come down. It's not fun. You have to come down to feel that you know joy, like and say woohoo! You know I'm so scared. So when you feel scared next time, both hands up and say woohoo! I'm enjoying the ride. And then instead of just feeling fear, fear can be turned into excitement because you know this is going to be an exciting time, and the world economy. Has nothing to do with how well you do, because if you're a coach, many people start thinking that they need to, you know, decide which directions. So they need guidance. So you're in for the right timing to start your own business, because everybody needs some kind of advice. So instead of feeling like all、oh, the Dow is down and the cryptocurrency is down, nobody is paying for a coach. That's not true. People. Are dying to get some advice, so you're in the right business, right timing. I love it. I also would agree because this is going to be something that a lot of us are going to look for support through. And I think if we look back at any time that it's been a recession, you've seen some of the most amazing organizations flourish from call it the ashes of what was perceived as a total destruction, but rather there was a rebirth every single time. And I know you're. Looking forward to the next few years, you have a smile on your face. You're seeing as an awakening for humanity, and I kind of wanted to understand what's your future vision like after we pass this turbulent time financially, and we seem to be focusing more inward, which is the message you've been preaching the whole time. What do you see is going to be the awakening that we get as a result of the current situation? Yeah, and two and a half years ago, when there were like twenty cases of COVID in North America. I was the first author to just release a video on YouTube. You know, the big storm is coming, and it's going to come in three parts. This COVID thing is so similar to what happened in the Spanish flu a hundred years ago. You know, my mentor Wahid Takeda said, "The history repeats by itself." So look at the history of what happened in 1940s, which is exactly 80 years ago, or like a hundred years, which is exactly the time. Of the Spanish flu, so we are repeating sort of like the same pattern of the first two years of Spanish flu, right after World War One, Spanish flu, and the Great Depression. So we are just following the pattern of the history. After two years of COVID, we're going to experience at least four years of economic and also a political turmoil. And after four years of you know just doing, I don't think it's going to be as bad as World War Two. But still, there will be a lot of suffering and chaos for the next four years or so. But after that, after the crash of some sort of economic system, we're going to come up with some system which is more fair and more true to nature. But we need to figure out what's right for all of us. We're going to be experiencing the pain of the birth. But after that. 
in the four years. I mean, Osaka, so they're all building tall buildings for Expo 2025. Well, they were going to, right off here, the flying cars will fly to the airport. And then, you know, they already experiment. And, and then my friend is started the company of flying cars. You know, he successfully raised a lot of money, like $20 million for the car. So in four or five years, our cars are going to fly. And then we're going to use a lot of solar energy and a lot of recycled energy. So we used to worry about survival. But wait, hang in there for another four years. I think we're going to see a beautiful way of living. I can really feel it. But to get through the storm, we need one another to depend on. And after that, I think we're going to experience something so beautiful. Ken, that's so awesome to hear. And I love this philosophy of yours. I also love the fact that technology is moving so much faster than most of us can even understand. Right. Flying cars are finally around the corner. I was playing with this tool online. It was blowing my mind, these things around AI art. And you could put any prompt and would create these intense, like amazing paintings, exactly what I had described. So I see that there's this age, a renaissance that's mm -hmm. just around the corner as well. And I'm super excited for the future. One of the things I really love and that I've seen you encourage for a lot of people to do is we think about assets like, you know, cryptocurrency, gold, assets, stock. But you're a big advocate of supporting people to develop what is called the invisible assets. And I'd love for you to tell us more of what are invisible assets and why is it so important for us to develop them? You know, we used to focus so much on visible assets, which is stock, real estate, classic cars, or gold or cryptocurrency included. We think that that kind of currency can be converted into food or all the other things. But think about it. The most important thing in your life is not gold or real estate. It's your friends and family and the value that you have. That is a trust and also generosity, kindness, and love. I mean, those things are not visible. So we seem to be taking it for granted. But which would you choose, a chunk of gold or love from your uh, husband and wife or your kids? You know, I talk about this to uh, thousands of people and then say, no, no, I, I'm not going to choose my husband. You know, I can ditch him and take the gold. But for most people, seriously, before they die, they wouldn't think like, oh, I'm so happy that I accumulated so much gold, right? It's right next to my bed, you know? I think um, you just are grateful to your friends and family members who loved you so dearly. So the most important thing is invisible assets. And among invisible assets, there is something that can be converted into money and certain assets that is not money convertible, like love and friendship is not exactly the, the asset that you convert into money, but popularity and also trust and generosity and kindness, um, they can be converted into cash too. So instead of depositing a lot of money in your bank account, friendship that you have with, say, 50 friends is more asset than money because government can take away your money. You know, in 1930s, when U.S. government was shorting in gold, they banned from individuals from owning a chunk of gold. So that way they can use the gold. So it became felony 
if you're in possession of gold, you have to go to jail. So government can take away your cryptocurrency and gold, those things. But if you have trust among your friends and clients, if you lose everything, if you have that trust from your clients, you can start your business over. That's why I feel like I have deposited so much with my clients and readers. So when I lose everything, I'll just ask for help. Hi, Ken Honda SOS. I need something. I need vegetables. I need rice, bread. Can you send me, please, please, please? And then we'll see how many people are going to send. I tried that in front of a few thousand people. And who wants to help Ken Honda? Raise your hand. I was so pleasantly surprised that everybody raised her or his hand. And I was so touched. Just imagine a thousand people wants to help you. And since then, I just let go of all the money worries and things because they're making sure that I'm not going to fall. My friends will come in and help. So you should invest in your friends more than invest in cryptocurrency. I'm not against it, but you know the priorities are your friends because they are the ones who care so much about you. Hmm. Ken, thank you so much for having this amazing conversation. Some of the biggest takeaways I've had from this is, number one, understanding how money is neutral and the flow of it is actually what allows you to accumulate more happiness and wealth and you don't need to be holding on to it and trying to be overly attached to it like an overly attached partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, like, ah, oh, don't ever leave me. Obviously, you'll end up pushing away what you want. I love that we talk about these invisible assets. I think that's a very powerful one that most people underestimate how valuable it is to be able to give to your communities, to your friendships, to your family that will always be there. We're always taking care of each other. And I think when we operate more as a community, not have all this attachment around money, everything will be okay. I'm excited about this journey that's about to be happening around us transforming over the next four or five years how we are going to be looking internally we're going to reevaluate our relationship and on the other side we might be seeing a world that's going to be more fair more balanced and more exciting for us to see for anybody who's out there getting started in business seeing that when somebody gives you money at the end of the sale, it's like it's such a beautiful gift that they're giving you. They're trusting you. They're choosing you. And so we don't need to feel any kind of anxiety or pressure. It's rather what a privilege, what a beautiful thing. And just having such a different, happy relationship with money makes you operate and take steps day by day that come with so much more enthusiasm, so much more joy. And more than likely, if not guaranteed, you're going to see yourself having more success and having some angels flying with you along the journey, taking care of you as you're going out there to spread the wisdom, spread the impact, and have a positive impact on the world itself. Ken, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. It was such a joy. And for everybody listening, don't just keep selling with love, but of course, keep having a happy relationship with money. Make sure you pick up a copy of Ken's book. I will make sure to have a link in the show notes and have a look at his community, which is the Arigato Money community, where you're going to get a chance to connect with other individuals, get some insights from Ken on a regular basis to make yourself have a healed relationship with money. It's definitely something you'll want to keep yourself aware of, invested in, and make sure you grow in the process. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, everybody. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.